0: T.C. Hale is not a doctor and does not claim to be a doctor or licensed in any type of medical field. Don't be an idiot and use anything heard on the show as medical advice. This information should be used for educational purposes only and you should contact your doctor for any medical advice. Now get off me. Hello and welcome back to Kick It Naturally. This is episode 398 and I'm your host T.C. Hale. That's that's really all the backstory you need there. So, today we're going to talk a little bit about misleading blood pressure. And, you know, people uh, get excited when they get to understand a little bit more about their physiology and how their body's working by simply looking at their blood pressure. The, the blood pressure can tell us a lot more than just, oh, you need medication or you don't need medication. There's a lot more to it that we can learn and. We get excited when people get to learn this stuff and see that they can make nutritional changes that changes their health and all this kind of stuff. But when we're looking at blood pressure, it's not always exactly the number that we're looking at. Sometimes we have to look at other pieces of the puzzle to understand that maybe that blood pressure is just a little bit misleading and maybe we don't have the A plus score that we thought we had or or maybe uh, we need to look at some other issues going on. So as we dig into this world of blood pressure, the first piece of fiction that we kind of got to get through is the thought that when your blood pressure is low, that's a good thing. Most doctors don't understand the ramifications of blood pressures. Doctors are just taught that, well, if there's if there's high blood pressure, that means that you're at risk of having a heart attack or a stroke and you're going to have a blowout, you know. So, hey, you're, you don't have high blood pressure, you're not going to have a blowout, that's really good. Good job. But if your reading is 95 over 60... And they're going to give you a shiny, smiley face sticker. Uh, They're going to tell you that it's fine, but is it really fun to run around on flat tires all day? Because that's basically what a lot of people experience when their blood pressure is that low. So we see a lot of people that uh, are experiencing things like depression or insomnia or bipolar disorder or anxiety and dizzy spells and all these things that can happen with low blood pressure and uh, they look at their blood pressure and it's in the dirt, and they're like, oh, well, now a lot of my symptoms make sense and they get to understand, you know, uh, how to improve that issue. But, you know, when we look at the medical world, we even see that lately that they've been lowering their optimal blood pressure reading, what they consider optimal. And basically what happens is that they use these drugs to synthetically lower the blood pressure. It basically forces that number to come down But then they still see people having heart attacks and strokes, even when their blood pressure isn't in that super elevated area. So what they say is, well, you know, maybe we need to lower it even further. Maybe we need to make blood pressure go down even more, and and that'll stop people from having heart attacks. So then they do these studies that say, oh, well, this shows that really when we were saying that you had blood pressure in the 130 or under 140 range, that that was okay now we're going to call it hypertension and you need to go on medication. So basically now uh, anything over uh, systolic reading and the systolic is the top number on your blood pressure cup. Anything over 120 they consider elevated. Anything over 130 is now high blood pressure and hypertension stage 1. And when you go over 140, which was normally what they would consider high blood pressure, now over 140 is hyper, hypertension stage two, and over 180 is as a hypertensive crisis. And I don't know. Do you need to call 911? I don't. I don't know what they're saying exactly what that is. But when we look at that, that means that 70 to 79 percent of men over 55 uh, are now classified as having hypertension. So, you know, that's. That's a big increase in, in pharmaceutical sales, you know overnight just by changing the parameters where they're saying people should be. And we just don't view it that way when we're looking at people. We still view that over high 40s when we start getting to problematic areas, but a lot of people are going to experience a blood pressure in the 120 to 130 range and, and we're not ready to uh, call an ambulance when that, when that's going on. Um, What we'd like to see people instead do is work to fix the actual underlying causes of the heart attacks and the strokes. And that's all the problems uh, that are creating all the blockages in the arteries and all those kind of things. So that's kind of the way that we view it. But it's important to understand when you're looking at blood pressure, where do you even want it to be? And you'll have to decide for yourself if you want to listen, you know, go by the range that Uh, the world has been using for decades, or if you want to go by the new, uh, let's lower the ranges and let's have uh, a lot more people need the medications kind of a program. So you can have to figure that out for yourself. But let's say that you have a good reading. You know, the point of this episode is to look at how to know when a good reading might not be so great. So let's look at a blood pressure readings for those who are on blood pressure-lowering medications. And I'm not telling anybody to stop taking a blood pressure-lowering medication. That's, that's not something that I would tell somebody. That's something that you have to figure out with you and your doctor. But let's just say that your reading is 125 over 75. That would be considered a pretty great blood pressure reading. But if that's your number while you're on a blood pressure-lowering medication well, that's not really your true blood pressure number at all. That, that's a, a number that was synthetically created by a medication. So the medications don't do anything to correct the actual underlying cause of the problem. They don't do anything to fix what is raising the blood pressure. They work by forcing that number down. And many people explain it, that this can work by actually making the heart weaker so that it won't pump so hard. And when it doesn't pump as hard then there's not as much pressure and the blood pressure comes down. So there's a benefit of that by reducing the pressure because a lot of pressure can create damage and heart attacks and strokes and all those problems. So that seems to be what the goal is. But, you know, in other words, the reason that the heart is pumping with more pressure is because the blood is thicker And more pressure is needed to pump that thick blood through the system. That's what we really need to realize. Now, what do you think would take more effort to pump through your system? Red wine or pancake syrup? The thicker fluid is going to require more pressure to move it. And that's why your blood pressure goes up in most cases. It's Because the blood has become thicker and it takes more effort to push it through the system. Other factors can raise blood pressure, but in most cases, the blood becoming too thick is often at least a contributing factor when we see higher blood pressure. If you wanna learn how to look at your own chemistry to get a better idea of how your unique body is operating, sign up for our KIY or Kick It Yourself membership. Not only do you gain access to our four-week digestion course and our 12-week flagship Kick Your Fat course that normally sells for $129, You also get free shipping at naturalreference.com. Restrictions apply, but since the membership is only $9 a month, it can pay for itself. You'll also have access to a reference system like you've never seen before, and a members-only private support group where you can get feedback from coaches I've trained, and I even show up to do live Q&A videos on a monthly basis. To see more features and sign up, go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y. That's K-I-Y. Now, one of the most common causes for the blood pressure to become thicker is an elevation of glucose in the bloodstream. That's why we often see high blood pressure with insulin resistance and, and type 2 diabetes. The glucose is thickening the blood. When we can reduce carbs and bring someone's fasting blood sugar down, we normally see the high blood pressure come down with it. There's a direct correlation that we see happening when that happens. Now our view is that another very common cause for elevated blood pressure is bile that's not flowing well. So the liver filters out filth and toxins and and places that junk into the bile so that it can be taken out the back door with the stool. But if bile becomes too thick and sticky to flow correctly, that trash isn't removed and it can be reabsorbed into the system. And then the liver's like, oh, I got to filter all this out all over again. I just did this. And then as the liver continues to do the same job over and over again and just get tired, it just becomes overwhelmed and then the garbage in the system will accumulate and that filth will thicken the blood and raise our blood pressure. So when we see those with high blood pressure improve their bioflow, we often see their blood pressure come down and sometimes it's pretty quickly. As a matter of fact, if they don't get their doctor to help them reduce their dose of blood pressure lowering medications, their blood pressure will often go too low and create symptoms like dizzy spells and cravings and depression and all those other symptoms that we commonly see with low, with low blood pressure. And this happens because the meds don't do anything to balance the blood pressure. That's not their job. That's not what they're created to do. They just force it down synthetically. So, if you take steps to bring down your blood pressure naturally, the meds will just continue to do their job and just continue to push it lower no matter where it is. And this is also the reason why so many people who have been on blood pressure-lowering meds for so long will end up also being put on things like antidepressants. The blood pressure meds, over time, ends up pushing the blood pressure too low, and the person gets depressed and has all these other symptoms that we see with low blood pressure. And the medical world has no idea that they created this depression by pushing the person's blood pressure too low. So that's a big situation where you may be looking at a great blood pressure reading that happens to be completely fictional. If someone has a systolic reading over 140, we view that person as dealing with an electrolyte excess imbalance, that's what we call it, where the body just can't remove excess electrolytes or filth. But even if the blood pressure is perfect, it's 120 over 80, If a person is on blood pressure lowering medications, we still view them as dealing with an electrolyte excess imbalance because if they were to remove those meds, we know the blood pressure would come right back up. We don't want to categorize people by their score that they get on a machine. We we want to view them by looking at physiology to understand the likely underlying cause of the problems that they're dealing with. Now, on the other side of the coin, The medical world may be fine with people having low blood pressure because the ramifications are are not in their training. But we see just as many problems come from low blood pressure as we do with elevated blood pressure. And we look at blood pressure to see if a person appears to have enough minerals in the system to allow their body to function correctly, and then we're also looking to see does their body have the ability to remove minerals and other junk, or is blood pressure going too high? So Let's look at why some readings may look good, even when they're actually too low. Like the first one could be kind of like we talked about with the high blood pressure example. If blood sugar is high, it will thicken the blood and raise the blood pressure. So if you show a reading of 120 over 80, yet your fasting blood sugar is like 118, you know, that's telling us that a higher percentage of your blood pressure number could be made up of sugar. And that's not ideal. You know, when we're looking at 120 over 80, we want to see, oh, that's enough mineral in the system for blood pressure to be in a good range when blood sugar is normal. So if it's 120 over 80 when blood sugar seems to be very high, that's an indication that there must be a lower amount of minerals in the system if it's that high with such high blood sugar. Otherwise, if the sugar was normal, that amount, that reading would be a lot lower because of the way that the sugar is taking up some of that space, so to speak. Now, in this scenario, we might view this person as a likely electrolyte-deficient individual or or be leaning in that way. We probably wouldn't take steps to lift their blood pressure, but we would want to be aware that blood pressure will likely drop as the elevated blood sugar is corrected. So as they take steps to improve that fasting blood sugar, um, the blood pressure is probably just going to come down with that. So if we're looking at, oh, blood pressure looks pretty good, but blood sugar is really high, so the reality is that their true blood pressure, when we're trying to look at minerals and such, is likely going to be low. A similar viewpoint could be made with someone who's on an antidepressant or anti-anxiety you know, type medication. Many of those medications work, by restricting the ability of the person to pee out their salts. And this can leave more electrolytes in the system and and raise their blood pressure synthetically kind of and and kind of help them function a little bit better by having more minerals in the system for signals to travel from the body to the brain and the brain back to the body and such. Yet, they they still may be dealing with digestive issues that restrict that person's ability to pull the minerals out of the food that they're eating. So they may not be truly correcting the underlying cause of the problem. They still might not be getting all the nutrients that they need uh, that can be needed for a lot of functions in the body. So if you just kind of cover up the symptom by using a medication that makes it difficult for the body to remove the things that it would normally remove, you may not be actually fixing the problem. So when we see someone with a great reading of like, say, 118 over 79, but they're on antidepressants, we would still view them as likely electrolyte deficient. And, and you would want to take steps to improve the ability for the body to assimilate more minerals that are coming in from the food. Because if they were to go off of that medication, their blood pressure would likely go right back in the dirt and they, you know, the, all the symptoms would come crashing back. But if a person can take steps to actually fix the underlying cause, Help the body bring more minerals in, uh, maybe uh, correct any issues that may be making the person pee out too many minerals and um, things like that. But get the nutrients that the body needs to function correctly, and then their doctor can help them remove that medication if they don't need it anymore. So it's just important to look at what is your blood pressure really telling you? You don't want to look at a number and think, oh, I crushed it. I nailed it. Everything's going right. But for some reason, I still need a medication not to be depressed. You want to kind of look at what's going on. If my blood sugar is super high, but my blood pressure is in perfect range, then maybe I still need to take steps to lift my mineral levels and help the food get more nutrients in. Because as I reduce my blood sugar, I'm going to see that blood pressure come way down. And then that could magnify any low low blood pressure type symptoms that I'm dealing with. So just remember to kind of look at the whole picture. Now, in our members-only episode for this topic, we're going to talk a little bit more about steps that you can take to correct blood pressure if it's too high or steps you can take to improve blood pressure if it's too low. And we'll kind of look at the things that most people see success with when they're trying to move either direction like that. Um, So you can also go through our free digestion course. You can sign up for that at kickitnaturally.com forward slash course. And we walk you through how to run a lot of these tests um, at home that you can just do yourself. So you can look at your blood pressure and look at things like, you know, your blood pressure and breath rate and understand uh, what they mean when you're kind of putting all of those pieces together. That can be a lot of help. But if you're not already a member and you want to hear the members only episode for this topic, just go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash KIY and you'll be able to sign up to be a KIY member. It's only $9 a month and you get a bunch of other stuff with it. But that allows you to hear our members only episodes along with getting access to our uh, private support group where you can ask questions if you get stuck. So I hope this was helpful and gave you some insights into what your blood pressure can be trying to tell you. And if you have other topics you want us to cover, just uh, go to kickitnaturally.com and send us a message, and we'll see if we can get those in an upcoming episode. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. Learn more about today's topic by becoming a KIY member and gain access to our members-only podcast episodes. That's where we dig deeper into each topic and share the secrets that help our clients and coaches see such amazing results. You'll also gain access to our private support group where you can ask us questions when you get stuck. It's only $9 a month and you get free shipping at naturalreference.com which can save you like $9 a month. So do the math and join the Kick It Yourself K-I-Y gang. Go to kickitnaturally.com forward slash K-I-Y and we'll see you on the inside.